Hello, friends. I am Cindy Thompson, and this is a Resilience Project. This is a space where stories are shared and possibilities are discovered. I invite you to partner with me in cultivating resilience among humans, one conversation at a time. How many of you make New Year's resolutions? If you do, do you follow through on the goal or resolution you have made? On average, how long might some of those resolutions actually last? According to statistics, 9 to 12% of people keep their New Year's resolutions. One out of four people will quit that resolution before the end of January. So why are we talking about New Year's resolutions on a podcast about resilience? Great question. In this episode, we are diving into why change can feel so hard and why, even if we choose to embark on this change, there will be a tendency to rebel against the work that comes with it. I am offering four key ingredients that are critical on the journey towards making an intentional change and some of the obstacles that can interfere with achieving your goals. This is for the people who are tired of not following up on their resolutions or goals, the optimists who believe there has to be something out there that works, and the curious who would like to feel more resilient as they drive towards their ambitions. Even as I say it, this feels like a really lofty goal for a single podcast episode. Before we get to the four ingredients for creating change, however, let's start by talking about cultivating a sense of resilience as you work towards these goals. I like to think of this as preparing the soil. One thing we know for sure is that change is inevitable. There's the kind of change that occurs as we grow from childhood to adulthood, adapting to a new relationship or marriage, starting a family, embarking on a new career, or even aging. Some of these changes happen to us, and these are the pieces we may have very little to no control over. And yet, there are several areas we do have control over. These are the choices that we can make every day. Either way, change can be really hard especially when we're trying to create new habits. For example, just try brushing your teeth with your less dominant hand. Here is the question. Do we want to stay the same or do we want to grow? I'm guessing for those of you who set New Year's resolutions or goals are in that camp that have a desire to keep growing. I think back to a move we made in 2001 when my husband and I were inspired to uproot our family and relocate to Vancouver Island. So many things lined up, from listing and selling our house in one day, finding work in our careers, and being close to extended family. Despite all the arrows pointing to this being a really good decision, I found it extremely difficult. I had several close colleagues and friends that I would miss, and we knew no one in the new community. It was probably a really good thing that our two kids were in the moving truck with my husband as we drove out of town because I cried for several kilometers. To add to this, believe it or not, within a few months of our move, getting settled in a new community, starting a new job, I also went back to school to do my master's degree. At this point, I'd been out of university for over 12 years, and it was an online program. Even though I was instrumental in making these decisions, this was such a challenging season in my life. 
I can look back on it now and wholeheartedly believe it was one of the best decisions we made, both moving and with my master's. But unfortunately, we don't have that clarity when we're in the middle of these big changes. Miriam Hathaway summarizes this beautifully by suggesting transformation can feel real uncomfortable until all of a sudden it isn't. Let's draw some wisdom from your lived experience. Take a moment to remember a time when you have experienced your greatest growth, a time when you clearly remember your confidence expanded and you uncovered a strength you didn't even know you had. Did this happen when you were breezing through life and everything was going smoothly? Or did this occur when you stepped out of your comfort zone? Perhaps it was when you were in the middle of one of the major storms in your life. I wonder what strengths you discovered because of that experience. I also think it would be really interesting to highlight the times when you followed through with a goal and what that brought you. How did that feel? I personally compare a lot of events and adversities in my life to the pain of childbirth. This is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it truly is one for the books. Remembering that I can be in that kind of pain for several hours, not knowing when it was going to be over, helps me tap into what I am actually capable of. And of course, the reward was in those beautiful babies. So you need to find your source of inspiration, as it will be different for everyone. We are talking about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, staying with it long enough to get to the other side. Before we start conquering our goals for 2023, I thought it might be helpful to share Don Kelly and Daryl Connor's emotional cycle of change model that they developed in the mid-1970s. This model walks us through a predictable cycle of emotions that we are likely to experience as we embark on change. Here is a brief summary. When we are in the first phase, we have this blissful naivety they call informed optimism. As we move into the second stage, we have a sense of informed pessimism, which indicates that things are starting to get real. The middle stage is known as the valley of despair. I know, nice, right? This middle stage is the time when you are likely to get discouraged and are at risk of giving up. Your resilience will be put to the test. If you can make it through this phase, you will then move through informed optimism towards the final stage of success and fulfillment. I threw in the fulfillment piece. This fits with my first year of doing the podcast, A Resilience Project. There was so much to learn at the beginning. What I quickly discovered is that I could not possibly do this alone. And I am so grateful that my husband, Robert, who was much stronger in the technical aspects, stepped in to help with sound quality and eventually with the editing. Trying to do a new episode every week in the first year meant that by summer of 2021, I was hitting a wall and the honeymoon was over. I discovered by the second year that if this was going to be sustainable, we would have to scale back and release a new episode every other week. Apparently, a high percentage of people will quit their podcast before some of the greatest rewards start to happen. I really wanted those rewards. So full disclosure, when I now come up with ambitious goals, my husband Robert gets a little nervous because it might involve him. 
I wonder how this might apply to the goals that you have set in the past. Can you identify with that phase when you got most discouraged? What might you need as encouragement to help you work through that stage? Let's see if some of these ideas that I have for you today, these key ingredients, might help you meet your goals. The first one is to have a game plan. Before you even begin moving towards your goal, what strategies and habits will you need to help you there? Make a plan. Professional sports teams do not randomly head out into a game without a plan. Why would you? Also, if you're baking a cake, what are the key ingredients that you will need in order for that cake to turn out? This plan or recipe is specific to your goal. Start by being clear on what this will bring you personally. Will it help you move towards a healthier lifestyle? Do you want to have more energy? What is it about this that is important to you? Be specific. Really dive into the value this will bring into your life. As you begin this exercise of getting to your why, you might even come to the conclusion that you are doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're going to be successful at achieving this goal, it should be for you and not for anyone else. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later. Is your goal achievable and realistic? If you're wanting to grow a healthier mindset, what are the landmines or circumstances that throw you off your mark? What are the triggers? How do you want to respond in those challenging situations that set you back? Identify the obstacles. What steps do you need to ensure that these obstacles are addressed proactively? When I started a Resilience Project podcast, I had no idea of the work involved, as I said, or the commitment it would take. I quickly realized that I would need to set aside time in my schedule to allow for podcast recordings writing, or meeting with potential guests. I carved out Fridays, for example, to ensure that I was not needing to multitask because that would not go well. I started to ask people to help me. Within months, I had a team of people step in to take a piece of the work. Who are the people that can help you with your goal? Do you need a gym buddy? A training partner? Who can be your cheerleaders? Who can you call when you're most discouraged? I want you to guide your people on how to help. Be specific. Can they ask you directly how you're doing with your goal? Or do you want to be the one to email them when you take the next step? Your game plan is helping you develop strategies at the systems level. Now that you have set the stage for why this is important and the value of creating a system, let's look at the second ingredient that is going to help you get there. Setting an intention. Anatole France is quoted as saying, to accomplish great things, we must not only act, but also dream. Not only plan, but also believe. As we set our goals or intentions, it's worth gaining clarity on whether this goal is for you, or is it for someone else? If it is for someone else, I would like you to see if you can revise this goal so that it is for you. So often clients will book an appointment and will present with a challenge, stating that their spouse wants them to respond differently, get a new job, or be different in some way. My first question to them is, what do you want? Is this something that is important to you? Okay, let's move on. If you want to be successful in achieving a goal, build a space for setting an intention. 
Starting your day with an intention will help you remember what you are working towards and why. Life is going to get busy, old habits will hijack your plans, and you are going to get discouraged or distracted. If you're going on a road trip and have a destination in mind, do you take several detours on the way? This might give you a hint into how you approach your goals. And for the record, I have nothing against those trips without a plan. They can be fun and full of whimsy, but not necessarily helpful if you want to get to your destination in a timely way. This is a great time to remind you that we get our greatest dopamine hits when anticipating our goals. Once we meet our goal, neuroscience shows that our dopamine will actually take a nosedive. James Clear speaks to this, suggesting that achieving the goal only changes your life in the moment, while solving problems at the systems level will help you to create lasting value. And I hope that this actually helps you enjoy the process of getting to your goal. Part of intention is being able to imagine your success. Take a moment to close your eyes and picture yourself having completed this goal. If you were to choose an image or symbol that might help you stay on track, what would it be? Is picturing it in your mind enough? Or would you like to hang a picture of this symbol somewhere that is obvious to you? A great example might be a vision board to help you see it every day. The key is to make it your own and experiment to see what works. This leads us to the third ingredient in your recipe, mindset. Maintaining a healthy mindset is going to be your secret weapon to not only help you achieve your goal, but also in your ability to be resilient through the toughest stages of achieving that goal. Having met with thousands of individuals over the course of my career, it is often a closed mindset or negative self-talk that will sabotage people's intentions. A healthy mindset is a practice and part of the resilient skill set that will enable you to bounce back from setbacks in a timelier way. Instead of letting a challenge crater you for a whole day, it can shorten it to an hour or less, allowing you the chance to get back on course. It's going to require patience, grace, and forgiveness as you take the necessary steps through this change. I invite you to approach each day with the curiosity of a child. If you've ever watched a toddler learn to walk, they will fall down several times before they actually are successful. If any of us had given up during this stage of development, it would have definitely delayed our walking. This is the determination and commitment I hope you will embrace. I'd also like you to consider taking an observer seat and notice how quickly the negative thoughts, or stinky thinking as I fondly call it, can derail you. What story do you have about yourself? Would you describe yourself as someone who holds themselves to their intentions? Or do you believe that you always fail? Or tell yourself, I don't like change? How do these latter thoughts prevent you from persevering? What belief would need to shift in order for you to be successful in achieving your goal? What if you were replaced, I should, with something that feels in alignment with your why. An alternative could be, I am choosing this for myself. James Clear suggests that we start by behaving in a way that is in alignment with your goal. For example, if I want to see myself as someone who is healthy and fit, 
My choice to go to the gym consistently will help me see myself as someone who exercises. Once we have followed through over a few weeks or a month, we begin to see ourselves as someone who works out and is perhaps even healthy. When you experience a setback, it's important to get back on track as quickly as possible. This is your chance to rewrite that story or let go of a belief that no longer serves you. Would you like to see yourself as someone who actually finishes things? Do you believe you deserve to be happy? Don't be surprised if patterns of self-sabotage show up in this process. For example, I have a love-hate relationship with technology. In fact, I've wanted to break up with it several times. It's like I just hit a wall and get so frustrated and discouraged. I've handled a lot of adversity in my life, but for some reason, technical issues can quickly send me into tears. I have a story in my head that I am not good at working with technology. This is something I regularly have to work at, and when I take time to breathe, walk away, and try again later, I can sometimes figure it out. I am practicing at reframing my thoughts to suggest I can learn. And if I don't know how to do something, I can ask for help. That's not easy for me. What I've also realized is that with the rapidly changing technical landscape, I have to keep learning or I will be left behind. My fear of missing out helps me to lean into it, but it really is scratchy for me. The other thing I realized recently is that at this stage, I am way more dependent on others, especially when it comes to technology, than I ever have been in most of my adult life. This is something I wrestle with because in most cases I see myself as fairly independent and self-sufficient. But nowadays it's not unusual for any given day that I'm walking down the hall to my husband's office and asking for help, especially with some of the more complex technology. So now let's move on to the fourth key ingredient, celebrating the wins. When I'm working with someone to set goals, it is usually in the very early stages and maybe even the first session that I will ask what they will do to celebrate when they get there. Why do we do this? Because it's important to capture that win and remember what it took to get there. And yet so many people are stumped and surprised that we would be talking about celebrating even before you begin. So plan for the celebration, picture it before it happens. What I'm talking about here is not just the final win, but the milestones along the way. If you are writing a book, how many words, pages, or chapters do you want to write today or this week? If you're trying to lose weight, what are the milestones that you're going to acknowledge along the way? If you are applying for jobs in your field, how many conversations did you have this week with potential employers? Or how many resumes did you send out? As humans, we typically focus on the next steps or the final goal and seldom land long enough to enjoy the moments where we actually are on track and the hard work it takes to get there. So pick those milestones and final celebrations before you go too far into the journey. As you grow and rumble with adversity, you will need to die a thousand deaths to become the person you are meant to be. I look back on my life, where I have leaned into so many aspects of my career, A part of me had to die and make room for a new story to develop. How I saw myself in my 20s is so foreign to me now. I believe this speaks to the beauty of all you have come through and the opportunity you will have in 2023 
to recognize and discover your strengths. If you have listened to one of my first solo episodes on the podcast, you will have learned about some of the adversities that happened to my family when I was younger. You can't possibly go through these events without experiencing a shift in who you were prior to the event and who you are after. I'm not suggesting it's easy. You are going to experience all kinds of mixed emotions, and that is healthy and normal. Embrace them all. It's going to take courage and determination, but I believe in you 100%. You are on your way to cultivating a resilient skill set and stepping into who you are meant to be. I'd like to leave you with two reflection questions and one quote. The first question is to ask yourself, did I overcome resistance today? The second question is, did I invest my time or did I spend time today? They are different. And here is a quote I'd like to leave you with. She looked at her old life one more time, took a deep breath, and whispered, I will never see you again. Thank you for being here for this first episode of 2023. I wish you not just success, but an abundance of courage, hope, and optimism that remains with you long after your dreams are realized. And remember, friends, adversity is inevitable while resilience is a practice. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Resilience Project. We would not be doing this podcast without you. If you or someone you know has an inspirational story or is helping to build resilience in their community, please email me at cindy at a resilienceproject.com. In fact, email me either way. I would love to hear from you. My hope is to feature an episode periodically on your letters of resilience. I'm very interested in hearing your story of how you have tackled hard things and what worked for you. With your permission, I hope to share some of these stories along the way with our listeners. Also, check out my website, aresilienceproject.com, to learn more about our amazing guests. Your presence here is important because together we are cultivating a village of resilient individuals. You are creating a space for their stories to be shared and a sacred space for learning to occur. I also have a favor. I would love for you to go to your preferred podcast platform, rate and review the podcast so that we will know how we're doing. I also would like to express my gratitude to the amazing team of volunteers that have jumped on board to support this project. You will find each of those beautiful people on my website on the team page. As you go about this week, I invite you to think about one way that you can continue to grow your resilient muscle. What is one thing you can start with today? See you next week.